What's up, Chicago Bears fans? You know, I needed a week off of the show after the way the Bears season ended, so that's why I didn't record last week. Um, you know, I still wrote about the Bears-Eagles wild card game, but honestly, I just not was not up to talking about it, mostly because how many times do we have to hear about the double doink? Ugh. I'm through with it. I'm over it. You know, even though the season had such an abrupt end, by now, like I said, most of us are over it. Most of us have turned the page on the 2018 Chicago Bears. So let's get into some early 2019 speculation, shall we? But first, some business to take care of. Welcome to my show. This is the T-Formation Conversation Podcast. My name is Lester A. Wolfong Jr. And when I'm not talking about the Bears here on Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel, I'm writing about the Bears at Windy City Gridiron. So, so even though the season, the offseason is upon us now, uh, you know, our, our talented staff at WCG will be covering every bit of news, all the rumors, everything about our favorite team every single day. So, guys, make sure you're going to follow the entire crew on Twitter. You can find all of us collectively at WC Gridiron. And give me a follow as well. You can find me at WiltfongJR. So, we didn't get the ending to the season we wanted, but come on. Let's step back, take a look at what we got to experience in 2018. That was the funnest team that I can remember rooting for since the 80s. And yes, I just dated myself. <laughs> you know, this Bears team that we just got the chance to see, they generally enjoyed each other. You know, you can tell they enjoyed playing football. You can just feel it when you watch them play. It came through, you know, everything they did. You know, they just everything about the season, you know, the, the highs, the lows, it was just all, it was all exciting. And that's what we want as fans, you know, and, and this excitement, it started in training camp. You know, you could just sense the attitude back in Bourbon A and it just grew and grew and grew as the season wore on. So it was a good season. Forget about the ending overall good season. You know, even before we all saw how the season was going to end, you know, there were plenty of people comparing this year to the 05 team and even the 84 team. You know, those were two teams that were basically a year away before breaking through and winning a conference championship. So maybe that's what we just saw happen here in 2018. Maybe this was the the, the year away team that's going to break through and, and, and win a, a, a conference title next year. Hopefully that's the way it goes. We'll see what happens here in the future. You know, but in, in 2019, you know, the version of this Bears, you know, they're not going to be the same team. You know, that's a given. You know, there's just no way uh, teams change. It happens. But but there are too many people that I'm seeing on social media, on our site, that are fearing that they may be worse than than 2018. And, and, and to those guys, I have to ask, why? Is it because Vic Fangio is now in Denver? You know, look, I, I like Fangio. Uh, he has been a good defensive coach in the NFL for a long time. You know, his defenses in Chicago have steadily improved during his four years. You know, all four years, again, improvement um, until he finally became the number one defense in the league according to the DVOA this last season. But take a look at the talent on that side of the ball as well. The talent got better every year too. Yes, Fangio and and the scheme and and, and keeping it together helped, obviously. Uh, his, His play calling helped, obviously. But Come on, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, you know, Leonard Floyd had a, had a good, nice season this year. Kyle Fuller, you know, broke out with a good year this year. Prince Mukamara played solid football. Uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, Adrian Amos, uh, um, Eddie Goldman, you know, Bryce Callahan. This defense has some playmakers on it. And 
they it was a perfect storm as far as with Fangio and as far as the talent. It all came together and they had a nice year. Okay, with that being said, you know they they matched perfectly well, Fangio and the personnel. You know, but but it, one thing I am concerned with is is the trust that he built with his team. I mean, these guys loved him. You know, they loved playing for Vic Fangio. You know, and and he understood what was going on with with his team. He put them in good positions to make plays. What the Bears have done the last few years kind of reminded me a lot of what the Lovey Smith defenses did back in the day. Uh, you know, those those really good love years I'm talking about. Uh, they had a lot of talent on defense, and they kept things relatively simple. Uh, Lovey Smith, much like Vic Fangio, he was good at disguising things in a secondary. Uh, neither coach blitzed too often, but but with talent, both coaches were able to be very successful. Fancher kind of had a slow build to this last season. Finally had a, a breakthrough at 12-4 and four with the team. Uh, Lovey had a little more uh, success here as far as uh, overall, you know, when he was running the, running the show, but, but very similar in, in my opinion. You know, I, now I'm not trying to say that to discount what good coaching, good coaching can do for a team. I'm just saying that if you give the best coach shitty players, there's not a lot he can do to win games. You know, you need the talent. You, you need both. So, Take new defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano. His defensive philosophy may be different, um, but he's still an old school, uh, a long time NFL coach. You know, he's always had the respect of his players. Sure, his time in Indianapolis did not work out for him. Uh, he had three straight years, eleven and five, and then he had I think eight and eight, and then you know last year wasn't very good. And there are some rumors about what happened there in in, in Indianapolis and. Bottom line, it didn't work out. He got fired. Every coach in the NFL is going to get fired at some point. It's just what happens. But he's not coming in as the head coach. He's coming in as, as the D coordinator. Uh, so I actually took a look at some of his numbers uh, from the one year he called plays uh, for the defense of Baltimore. Uh, and more specifically, what I did, I looked at how much he improved an already good defense when he took over in Baltimore in 2011. And I actually shared that on WCG and also on a Twitter thread. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. And for those of you guys listening to the show on WCG, I'm going to make sure I put a link in the, uh, in, in, the, in the body of that article there. So check that out as well. But, but bottom line, he took them from a, a number six DVOA uh, to the number one DVOA team in the NFL that season. Uh, the next year they went on, they won the, the, the Super Bowl. Uh, he was, of course, coaching in Indy at the time, but but he took a good D, made him better. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't assume they're going to get worse. You know, it's possible. They could improve. So what will Pagano's defense do that Vic Fangio's defense didn't? Uh, the media, immediate reaction from a lot of fans and some media members was that this is going to be a, now a really blitz-happy team. And you know what? They, they may blitz a little more, you know, probably will. Vic Fangio did not blitz much. Um, you know, Pagano's aggressiveness from his 2011 Ravens defense is well documented, um, but don't assume that aggressiveness was all done with blitzes. The numbers actually showed Pagano uh, to be about average in the number of blitzes he called that year because basically a lot of what Pagano's doing to get pressure uh, is, is the creative look he's bringing from his front seven. Uh, he may bring a nickel back off the edge, uh, but he'll drop an outside linebacker in coverage. He'll only rush four. He may show eight in the box uh, with an overload blitz to the left, uh, but he'll still drop four while sending a safety through the right side. You know, he kind of like disguises where the pressure's coming from. Um, a lot of what he's doing may look like a blitz, but he's not always putting his coverage, uh, his secondary in jeopardy. But, like I said, with that being said, he will still blitz more than Fangio. It's going to happen. And 
there may be a few more big plays given up by the uh, by the Bears defense next year. But that's okay. Just because it's a different philosophy, don't assume it's a worse philosophy. They have different uh, different schemes. It's still a three four front in the base when they're when they're when they're in uh, when they're coming out in base, like I said. Uh, but they do a lot of nickel, a lot of dime, and that's kind of what Pagano's done. You know, he will do a little more dime stuff, um, the stuff that he's done in the past. But we'll see how that kind of rolls. We'll see how he meshes with the personnel he has here. But like I said, he's got that old school uh, philosophy. Uh, he he's always had the respect of his players. So from that aspect, you know, he's going to be similar to what 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 Vic Fangio did. But, you know what, I think we all know what has to happen in 2019 for this team to take the next step anyway. You know, whether the Bears' defense improves or declines is not what's going to define this team because 2019 is going to be, again, just like it was this year, about Mitchell Trubisky making a jump. Uh, we got to see him now do it in year two of the Matt Nagy offense. Historically, quarterbacks make a nice jump from, uh, from their rookie year to their second year. And we all just saw that with Trubisky. You know, his play in 2018 was much better uh, than his play as a rookie. Uh, you know, there were plays you'd like to have back, uh, but what player can you say that that about that doesn't? I mean, he's had some mistakes. They all do. I mean, we just saw Pat Mahomes in, in, in the in the AFC title game. You know, he had probably one of the one of the greatest seasons of all time as a quarterback, but he missed some open players. You know, he's done that. It happens. Drew Brees did it. It's going to happen. He did it. They all want to have plays back. Overall, though, as far as Trubisky is, he's in a much better place now in terms of his his comfort as a professional, um, understanding defenses, his feel in the pocket, his mechanics, footwork, uh, leadership. You know, you know these intangibles that make him the player the Bears believe him to be. They started to show up this last season under Matt Nagy. That's that's what they wanted to see out of him, and that's what they got. But let's talk about another jump that quarterbacks routinely make as professionals. And that's when a quarterback has a chance to spend a second year in the same offense. We see those those numbers go up. We see his instincts get better. So I'm actually working on an article right now at WCG that looks at just that, uh, but with a specific look at quarterbacks in the uh, second year of Andy Reid-type systems. Uh, my plan is to have that done later this week, so keep, uh, keep a lookout for that. But here's my uh, quick and dirty in-a-nutshell version. I do expect a big jump and play from Trubisky next season. Uh, his f- uh, f- uh, familiarity in the system, his work ethic, his comfort with Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Trey Cohen, uh, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. You know, this entire starting offense is under contract again next year, all except right tackle Bobby Massey. And I can't see the Bears downgrading at that position. Uh, so since we're talking about who's under contract, the entire starting defense is also under contract, except for strong safety Adrian Amos and Nickelback Bryce Callahan. And I don't want to get too deep in, in the Bears free agency and, and the salary cap because of my colleague Robert Schmitz just touched on that in his latest Bear With Me podcast that aired right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. He recorded that, I think, on Monday, and it's uh, it's on there right now. So check that out, you guys. Uh, but I will give a few thoughts about the cap and stuff like that because I was asked some questions pertaining to that via Twitter. Uh, so I've, have I, as I have done the last few weeks, um, I, I'll close my show up by taking a few questions from you guys that I got from Twitter. And Chris Armstrong asked me, you know, what are my thoughts on Bobby Massey for next season? You know, I've been pretty consistent with how I view Massey. You know, I like him more than most uh, because 
because I accept him for what he is. He's not a pro bowler. He never will be. Uh, he is a serviceable right tackle. He struggles at times against speed rushers, but in all honesty, uh, that can be used to describe most of the right tackles in the league. You know, he can get off balance at times, but he has strong hands and a strong punch. I would not be surprised to see the Bears drafting off to tackle at some point late. Remember, they don't pick till the third round. Uh, so if their board falls the way it should fall, you know, there could be some guys in there they take. But he's going to be, like I said, a free agent. He's going to be 30 years old. Uh, whether you bring him back or not, you got to get some young tackle blood in the system. I do think Rashad Coward could surprise everyone and win the job next year. But he's still a raw prospect. He didn't play a snap in 2018, so it's hard to tell from a, from a fan's perspective, you know, what he is and what he's going to be. If it was me, if I was making the call, I'd bring Bobby Massey back. At 30 years old, he may not get the same six million dollars a year like he did his last contract, but somewhere in that ballpark, it could happen. But but basically, here is a reliable player. He's only missed two games in the three years he's been in Chicago. So yeah, I bring him back if the price is right. Joe asks on Twitter, "Will the Bears restructure any contracts?" You know, I don't. I, I just don't see it happening. You know, most of the contracts in the Bears, they all have an out at some point. That's one thing Ryan Pace has always done. You know, all the deals he's handed out since he's been in charge in Chicago, uh, they're all, from my point of view, they're pretty team friendly. I mean, they all have an out uh, to give them, and, and I don't see them in cap hell right now and desperate to create space. But again, you know, check out the last podcast that aired here for Robert Schmitz. Uh, he had a guy on from Over the Cap uh, from the Blitz Network. Uh, his name is Casey right now, but you know they, they chop it up. They talk about it. Check that out. It'll answer some of those cap questions you guys may have. JC asks, how do we upgrade the offensive line? And, and him and Jonathan Siegel both asked if Kyle Long is going to be coming back. You know, I've talked about it. I think the O-line is fine. I really do. Um, obviously, I'd like to see him upgrade in a few spots. I think right tackle could be upgraded. But have you guys looked at the free agency at the position at right tackle right now? The best right tackle is probably going to be on the market. Um, it's probably going to be 26-year-old Daryl Williams of the Panthers. Um, he was really good a couple years ago. He only played one game this last season because he had a pretty severe knee injury. So here's a guy that may be the top right tackle on the market from a talent standpoint. But can you trust him to regain his form? I'm not sure you can. I think the only team that will know that for sure is the Panthers. You know, they have obviously have his medicals. They've seen him working out all season long. Uh, they've been in charge of his rehab. Uh, the last word from Williams is, he, is that he wants to test free agency. So that may be someone the Bears uh, may want to pursue. But, again, it's hard to tell. I mean, he's coming off the knee injury. Do you trust him? I don't know. As for Kyle Long, I, I talked about his contract a few weeks ago. Um, but I do see the Bears bringing it back at $8.5 million. Uh, cutting him would only be about a $3 million uh, in dead cap space. Again, I talk about how Pace always has these outs built in. Uh, that kind of gets him out of it. But but I think Kyle Long has at least one more year in Chicago for sure. And if he misses significant time again, this is what now, three years now he's missing time with injury. His He has an even easier out of his contract after the 2019 season. I think then it's only be like a million dollar for dead cap hit. So I think Long comes back. I just think if he's healthy, which again has been an if the last few years, he's a damn good player for you. He's a leader in on that locker room. He he's a leader on that line. I think you need guys like Kyle Long on your team. Jacob Mendelson asks, Do you think we need a receiver? And if so, can we get an elite receiver? 
you know what? I think Allen Robinson is an elite receiver. He was coming off the knee injury. He missed uh, 2017 all but one game. I kind of had a slow start to camp. Uh, I don't think he really got going too good. He had a few really, really big games. He had a really nice game in the playoffs. You know, I think in 2019 we're going to see him look more like the true number one that that he was in Jacksonville. You know, as Trubisky grows, uh, so too will his receivers and his comfort level with them. Um, I also think there's a lot of upside there for Anthony Miller to be uh, a kind of the number one A to A Rob's number one. Um, I like Taylor Gabriel, but I see Miller more as the next guy. I see him more as a, as the complement to to Robinson because. He's more of a dynamic with the ball in his hands. He has a better catch radius. He has better hands than, than Gabriel. So I don't think you need to go draft a receiver. I think maybe you bring back Josh Bellamy. I know Bears fans hate to hear that. He's a free agent. But I think as a number five or number six, I think you bring Bellamy back. And I think you got Javon Wims in, in the wings here. He's a guy that may kind of step up and earn some playing time next season. Uh, Kevin White. That experiment is, is, is over. Uh, so I think with Robinson, with Gabriel, uh, with Miller, I, I think you're fine. I think you're fine at receiver. I got a few questions about the Bears if they should trade Jordan Howard. And I'll refer you guys to the two-part roundtable we did at WCG on that very subject. But here's my short answer. If I was in charge, I'd keep him. But I do think the Bears are going to try and shop him right now. Uh, it just seems obvious to me with the, what they, they talked about at the press conference um, again, they just don't seem very very committed to talking about him long-term in Chicago. He has one more year on his deal, which will make him hard to trade. But, like I said, if it's me, I'm keeping him. But I think the Bears are going to look to move him if they can. Andy O'Hellick asked about Pagano's coaching staff on defense and about Ed Reed joining. You know, they just joined, had a guy join to the staff here as a uh, an outside linebacker coach or maybe a linebacker coach. I think it's not not revealed yet, um, but they got uh, Ted uh, Monacino added. Uh, he was the Kansas State defensive coordinator. He took that job uh, just actually last month, and he you know, decided uh, the NFL is a better opportunity for him. So he's on the staff, and I think with the history that Pagano has in the league, I think he'll put together a pretty good group of guys here. I, I think Ed Reed is a possibility. Uh, he and Pagano obviously have a history. Yeah, he coached them. And it has been reported that safeties coach Roy Anderson is not coming back. So Ed Reed taking on that role of safeties coach makes sense to me. Uh, you know, he was lauded for his football IQ when he played. Now he's a future Hall of Famer. He has a, a Super Bowl ring. He would come in with instant credibility. And he's also working right now with Pagano coaching up the college kids at the NFL PA uh, Collegiate All-Star Game. So, you know, Pagano's going to have an up-close chance to see him coach a little bit there this, this last week. One more question I got, and this one is from longtime WCG commenter lost in St. Louis. And this one's a little little touchy here, but, but are the majority of Eagles fans douchebags professionally or is it simply genetic? You know, I'm not going to paint the entire fan base with such a broad brush, but I will say this. We have had more trash-talking Eagles fans spouting off to us uh, the last few weeks than we did Lions, Packers, and Vikings fans combined. You know, they came out of the woodworks and they hammered us. I'm not a big trash talker. I just don't see the point to it. But these guys were relentless. They came at us hardcore. You know, and, and they beat the, they beat the Bears. You know, the Eagles beat the Bears in a close game. And then they lost a close one themselves in a similarly heartbreaking fashion uh, when Alshon dropped the ball. So here's an FYI for you guys, though. The Bears will play the Eagles this season 
2019. So, so that should be a fun one. And I'm going to address one more topic before I get out of here, and that is the Kareem Hunt situation. It's it's a touchy one, obviously. You know, uh, by by Nagy and Pace not shooting down the idea of signing him at the press conference, that tells me the option is at least on the table. It may be nothing more than them waiting to see how the situation plays out, but if it was truly never discussed at all, or if it was discussed and the idea was straight up nixed by the McCaskies, then they could have said that at the presser. The bottom line, they didn't rule it out. So here's my take. If it was my call, if I was running the Bears, I'm not signing him. It's just a personal thing. I don't want a guy working for me, for my organization that hit a woman. But if the Bears do sign him, I'm not going to stop being a Bears fan or boycott the NFL. It just is what it is. It's just one of those things. You know, it's my choice. If I was running it, I'm not running it. I think the Bears may do it. But I think until all his legal issues are behind him uh, and the videotape assault is not the only incident he's dealing with right now, um, but until they're behind him, I can't see any team going after him. But he's 23 years old. Uh, and I do think some team will take a chance on him at some point. You know, he'll no, no doubt have a, a suspension coming up as soon as he signed. And like I said, the Bears could be in the mix uh, because of Nagy's history with him. We'll see what happens. If the Bears or any other team for that matter, you know, feel like he's done enough to show remorse, uh, to show he's changed, then then that's their prerogative. But they have to understand that signing Hunts and create a, a big PR backlash of some sort. So what do you guys think? That's the show. Let me know what you guys think in the in the comment section here on WCG. Uh, drop me some feedback on the uh, on, on the podcast when you when you're when you're checking it out there. Thanks for listening. Subscribe at iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Art Nineteen. From what I understand, we are everywhere your podcasts are found. So until next time, bear down, my friends. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.